Grab your popcorn and snacks, find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Wednesday, California Hots Radio. I want to welcome everybody tonight. It's uh, rainy, 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 rainy. I know for some of you guys, it's snowy, 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 snowy. But uh, I don't know. I like the snow, too, as long as I'm in the house. I don't want to be outside uh, outside in the cold on the ice. Anyway, welcome tonight. My name is Charlotte. I'll be your host for the next hour, and I think we've got a pretty good show set up for you. Uh, I am the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California. We're 35 strong up and down the state of California. We also have members in Oregon, Washington, Nevada, and Hawaii. If you want to steal our shows, uh, we also have a YouTube page that we're looking for um, subscribers for. And uh, the more subscribers, the better, right? So uh, if, if you happen to like, if, you, if you're watching this show from YouTube and you happen to like this video, uh, click on the subscribe button, become one of our subscribers. If you'd like to learn, if you'd like to subscribe, or you'd like to, you can't find our YouTube page for some reason. Visit www.CaliforniaHauntsRadio.com, and you can go into our archives there, and that will take you directly into the YouTube page, and you can subscribe from there and take a look at all the videos we've done for the last year, year I guess year, year and a half. Um, also, if you want to check out the paranormal team that I run at California Haunts, go ahead and check it out at www.CaliforniaHaunts.org. See, again, you know, we're rolling right along. I want to announce that I will be offering uh, some psychic development classes coming up here. And that will be in the next, probably in about two weeks, we're going to do a psychic development class one, you know, for basic psychic development class. And we're going to be doing a psychic development class two for more advanced classes. And also we're going to be doing another seance this month for people that are interested in what's happening, what has happened in their past and their future or whatever they want to know. So we'll be doing that as well. Anyway, tonight we've got a great show for you, really big show. And uh, I'm always interested in this. You know, I, I'm, you know, I'm, my health isn't the best. And natural healing has been something that I have looked into. And our guest has done research into that with the Aborigines. So that's kind of cool. So we'll be talking about that. Plus, you know, have you ever wondered how, how to meet your guardian angels? Well, we're going to find out tonight. You know, I always thought, uh, I always like those little memes on Facebook that come across. Because the way my life is, I think my guardian angels have to be alcoholics by now. Because, boy, I'll tell you. My life is my life, but yeah. But anyway, um, I'm gonna get our. I'm gonna bring our guest in, and she can tell you a little bit about herself. Okay. All right. Here we go. Hello. Hi. You I you got me going with the alcoholic angels. That's... <laughs> I bet you. I bet you didn't think you'd be with a crazy woman tonight, huh? <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> <sighs> my poor angels. They must sit there and just slug away. I tell you. <laughs> They love you, Charlotte. They love you. <laughs> Tell me about you. I want to know about you. Well, um, let me just start out with I almost died twice. That ought to, you know, uh, put me in a different league. I, uh, When I delivered my son back in 85, I had a blood transfusion that 
had hepatitis C in it and hepatitis C almost killed me. And then the experimental drugs that the Western medicine doctors put me on almost killed me. So, um, you know, at that point I was left, I, I think I was in bed at least six months where I couldn't even function. And I wanted to survive because I knew my little son was too young to remember me and I wanted to mother him as much as possible. So I, that's put me on the road of trying to find ways of surviving and uh, at least a little bit longer. So he would get to know me a little bit. Um, and I ended up healing myself of what the doctor said at that time was incurable. I healed the hepatitis C and the treatment had given me also, I ended up with chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia and temporary brain damage. And I healed all of that. And that put me on the path of waking people up on how to heal themselves and, um, you know, how to take their power back and recognize that, you know, what's involved in healing. Mm -hmm. um, down the road, I met my husband. Uh, he was a physicist, an award-winning physicist, Gary, Dr. Gary Holtz. And he had gone into the outback and been with Aboriginal healers and came back dramatically transformed. Um, and, but, you know, one of the things that he discovered, and, and as a physicist, he, he was pretty scientific, right? And I'm sure you run into these people all the time. If you right. can't prove it, it doesn't exist, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So Gary went into the outback and was with this Aboriginal tribe and they helped him heal, but they also helped him recognize that there's angels out there um, that you can communicate to the other side of the veil. And that's one of the things that he discovered when he came back from the outback in 94. So watching him communicate on a daily basis to angels opened up that world for me and helped me recognize there's a lot that we can't see that does exist. And, mm -hmm. and then when he passed in 2007, um, I didn't expect Charlotte that he would keep showing up in my life. Uh, you know, every morning he would show up at eight o'clock. If I closed my eyes, I could see like this um, black and white version of an eye that I knew was him. And he would show up in that image at 8.00 every morning for, for many, many months. And so that kind of, again, put me on this path of communicating to the other side of the veil and waking up to angels and how they can assist us and that sort of thing. How wonderful for you. That's great. Yeah. I've had those experiences, you know, with, with my mother after she passed away. She still comes around, not, you know, not very often, um, but there's a certain smell because she... Uh, she uh, used to bathe in a certain soap. Ah, so yeah. I can tell it's her when she's around me. Yeah, yeah. It, have you noticed that it, it's decreased with time, or is it still certain periods of time of the year, or you just is never it, know? You just, I just never know. Um, we were really into the holidays, really into Halloween. I remember Halloween night I was out surveying my, my, my yard display, and then she came up behind me. You know, or I, I, or I, I could smell yeah. her walking through the house, looking at the Christmas trees and stuff, or yeah. she'll be watching TV with me. I mean, she'll, she'll, she'll grab my hand as we're watching TV. Well, you know, cause there were certain programs we watched together. So I can, yeah. I'll hear her laugh and, and this will happen. You know, Oh, that's very stuff cool. Like that. Yeah. 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 So it's kind of cool. It's, it's I, nice I think to know. Yeah, it is nice to know. And, and it's interesting that you mentioned smells because the very first step that I took on this path um, was when my grandpa, who had passed over, came through and I could smell his pipe. Mm -hmm. It was very, you know, that's the only time I'd ever smelled it was around Homer and, and he came through and, and I could smell his pipe. And so that's when I'm like, OK, something's going on here. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, Absolutely. that's cool. So if someone wants to get in touch with their guardian angel, how can they do that? 
Well, they're telepathic to your thoughts. Um, and so you just have to, you know, you can simply talk to them in your mind. They are aware of everything that you're thinking. And every single person has at least one guardian angel by their side, whether they believe in them or they even know about them. Mm -hmm. They're there. They never leave you. They have a specific role where they're called guardian angels because they're there to make sure that you're not harmed or killed or um, experience something that your soul doesn't intend. So that's why they're called guardian angels. And they're with you from your first breath to your last breath. They're always with you. And they do not turn into alcoholics. <laughs> <laughs> Despite who they're taking care of. <laughs> they don't have those kind of emotions. They have tremendous love for us. And they, and they want to assist us. But because this is a free will planet, they have to wait for us to invite them. Mm -hmm. Again, simply communicate to them with thoughts in your mind. Uh, they have no problem communicating to us. Um, but I think here's the problem, Charlotte. I think this is where people get into trouble. They expect to be able, once they start deciding to communicate with them, mm -hmm. they expect to be able to see them or hear them. Right. Um, and, and that's not, most people don't, very few people have those abilities. They will feel that clairsentient. Every person is clairsentient where you feel the guidance. You feel that some people get tingling. They may feel, uh, you know, the hair is raised on the back of their neck or in their on the top of their head. You, or, but mainly it's that intuition, that gut instinct, that sixth mm -hmm. sense. That's how they typically guide most people. Um, but very few people are going to see them or hear them. It is unusual to have that smell like you and I did. And I, that's mm -hmm. the only time I've ever had that. Mm -hmm. um, the scent was that one time with my grandpa. So I think people have to let go of expectations about how they're going to show up. Interesting. Um, yeah, I kind of agree with you in that when people, you know, think of their guardian angels, they, they want to be able to see them. But they can come in different forms. That's the issue. Isn't it? It's not it's not necessarily family members that, that are your guardian angels. It's, 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 it's these other light beings, right? Right. I, I wouldn't even call family members guardian angels. Angels are different. They have okay. not incarnated and led a human life. They can briefly take on a human form. And, and many people, I'm sure many of your listeners, have had experiences where um, they've taken, angels have taken on a form briefly, mm -hmm. uh, to, to assist them, but angels don't need to, this is like a school they don't need to go to. They're so far beyond this. Um, but we can have loved ones who kind of check in on, on us. Sure. Um, and I would call spirit guides a different category. Spirit guides have had many, many lifetimes, many lifetimes where they're highly evolved, um, a very high consciousness to them. And they, they they know what it's like to have the human life and they will choose to come back and and help and assist but they're not by your side 24 7 like the mm -hmm. guardian angels are and you can have loved ones who come in and tune in like your mother does they just in my, like my husband does uh, my late husband they come in and out just every now and then to assist but the guardian angel is always by your side you're never alone walks by your side 24 7. is that the whole thing like when you're growing up and your mother says Oh, you've got the good angel over here, and you got this other angel <laughs> over here, you know, and they're kind of battling it out on your shoulders. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I only work with uh, <laughs> loving beings, okay? I, 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 and, I, and I only work with uh, benevolent spirit guides. Um, I don't, I, I think that's more of a of a, the mind thing, you know, but we don't have bad angels that we would ask for help. And, and right. let me just say that um, the angels will never... Um, 
tell you that you have to, you should, that's the mind. The angels are directing you with guidance, but they never impose on your free will. They, they honor your free will. They respect it. Uh, you can make whatever choices you want. Um, uh, but they will, they'll never tell you, you have to do anything. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, and it is interesting that you mentioned young, you know, when you're, when you're little, like your mom was saying, a lot of times we're able to see them, uh, quite often we're able to see them up until the age of um, five. We're able to see, a I'm sure you already are aware of this, right? You, they, uh, sometimes we think that they have, children have these imaginary, right, imaginary friends. friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but they're just able to see, but, but because it's not fostered in our uh, culture, they often lose that about around age five. That makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because when you were saying that, you know, you said no children can see them. Yeah. That's the imaginary friends they see. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Makes, I, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I have to tell you, I remember this. Uh, it just came to mind. I was in the grocery store uh, parking lot and I, I just happened to overhear this conversation where this mom and was unloading the groceries into her van and the little girl was going to get into the car. Um, and she said, the little girl said to the mom, Oh, she jumped too, because uh, the little girl had jumped into the car, and so it was. Uh, and I'm sure her mom thought it's it's purely imaginary that you know whoever this little companion was jumped as well. But the little girl was able to see that, and I heard that. Yeah, she jumped too. <laughs> thought that was so. That's cute. really cool. That's yeah, a really cool story. Um, I was just going to ask you something. I'm having one of those days uh, about guardian angels. Let's see. Are, you know, is that that little voice? Because you always think, you know, that there's a little voice inside your head, you know, when, when you're doing stuff. And there's a little voice that always comes back and says, no, maybe you shouldn't do that. Maybe that's not a good idea. Yeah, that can, it can be. It quite often is. The, the guardian angel is like the first responder. They're okay. like the very first, they're like the gatekeepers. Okay. So you may have a lot of help come in, but the guardian angels are always there and they're the first ones to respond. So you can have this inner wisdom that can come from a number of places, but quite often it is the guardian angels and they will be the ones who, um, they they can pop thoughts into your head. So you might just all of a sudden get a, um, you know, a, a, like, oh, I need to leave now, or mm -hmm. I almost forgot something, or a number of things that it's that they're helping you, or that doesn't feel right. They're assisting you, honoring your free will, but they're assisting you to, to make uh, better choices. Or maybe it's, uh, I was thinking too, like, you know, how mothers have that intuition about their kids. Yes, yes. And we're being guided and helped as well. Now, there, there, there is a difference. There is a difference between your intuition, which is that inner compass, sure. right? That GPS. Sure. But, that's, but that's also, the intuition is also one of the ways that the guardian angels communicate with you. It's not always them, but it's just one of the ways that they communicate. Mm -hmm. They can communicate through dreams. Uh, they can communicate through, uh, like I said, popping thoughts into your head. It's really easy for them to manipulate things like computers and songs. And all of a sudden, you know, with my Pandora, I'll be have Pandora playing and all of a sudden a different song will come. That's exactly what I needed to hear. Or mm -hmm. um, it's, it's especially from my late husband, we had this song that we always used to listen to together. That song used to come up all the time after he passed, you know, it was just another way for him to say, Hey, I'm here with you. Um, you're not by yourself. Yeah. I can tell a story about that too, because um, I have congestive heart failure, and uh, I was terrified. And I had to go do this the, the, this test where they had to speed my heart up to look at the stuff that was going through my system. And I went into this clinic, and 
I think the deal was my heart would speed up, and they, they, and they were having trouble doing it because they were afraid. Mm-hmm. And my father used to listen to big, big band music. And I'm sitting in this little tiny room, this little cubicle room, waiting to go. And it was on some rock station, the radio. And as I'm sitting there, all of a sudden the stations changed. And it was all big band music. Yeah. One of my father's most favorite songs before I went in. Yeah. It's pretty cool stuff. You know, that's that, pretty that cool. Yeah. Now that's an example right there of how you're being assisted from the other side and that your dad was coming to calm you down and let yeah. you know I'm here. Yeah. 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 And See? did you know that, Charlotte, right away? Did you know that that was him? As a ghost hunter, yeah, because it, 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 it was his favorite song, the one song that did come on. He always liked the, you know, he had this one particular singer that he liked and all this. And, and so that, that, that was the song. Yeah. The song yeah. That's pretty cool. And did, on. and did you also feel a calming influence as well? I did. In fact, that was the day they were able to take me in and actually do it. Yeah. So it wasn't just a song. It was actually that energy coming into you that was calming yes. you down. Yeah. 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 So that I could go through with the test. Otherwise they couldn't do the test. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you were being helped. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. I didn't yeah. interrupt you. But I'm just saying. I have, I have no. I love stories, I, and I that's think that that's it's that kind of stuff that happens that a lot of people miss. They don't recognize. You know, they think it was a coincidence. Coincidences are often, you know, as you know, something going on from the other side. Right. Right. Absolutely. So somebody, um, like like we talked earlier, you know, in the beginning, there's people out there that want to contact their guardian, you know, to have to contact their guardian angels. I mean, they don't necessarily have to see them. Is there a way that they can meditate to do that? Yeah, there's a lot of ways you can connect to them. And meditation is great because it it does calm that chatty mind down because Mm -hmm. they're very uh, quiet and subtle. So you have to be quiet, you know, and I'm like a lot of people, I got a really busy mind, a lot of chatter going on. So the more, uh, the, the quieter I get, the easier it is to feel that guidance that to feel that connection to them. But, um, so meditation to me is like going to the gym, right. To strengthen that muscle. And it's to learn how to quiet that mind down. You know, even if you just do a couple minutes a day, it's about learning to just still the mind so you can feel that inner guidance, you know, whether it's coming from them or a, a higher a consciousness. But um, it's it's like developing a relationship with anybody. You can't just connect to them every few months and expect to de- develop any kind of a relationship. Mm-hmm. But just knowing that they're there and then just kind of chatting to them now and then in your mind to them, uh, but, but recognizing they're right there. They're waiting to assist you. And that's one of the things that they really want to convey to people is we're here to help you but we have to have permission before we can step in beyond the guardianship roles. And they've said that it's like operating at five amps of power on your own. You can appreciate that this being in the the field that you're in. It's like operating at five amps of power on your own versus 5,000 amps of power with their help. That's huge. And they're doing it with tremendous love. They want to help you and assist you. And so they, 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 they've been telling, they told my husband this, they told me, please tell people to ask us to help them more. Um, everyone deserves it. They're here waiting to assist like never before and ask for anything. It doesn't have to be spiritual or, you know, or certainly religious, but anything big, small, vague, specific, as often as you want throughout the day. And here's the cool part, Charlotte, this is what I love about this because they're serving us out of tremendous love, more love than we're 
possibly able to comprehend as humans. But because they're serving us out of tremendous love, every time we allow them to assist us and they're serving out of love, that allows them to grow. So it's this beautiful symbiotic relationship. It's this win-win for everybody. It's just recognizing that we, everybody has this help available to them. Mm -hmm. You need to take advantage of it and, and, and ask for help with anything. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's, that's great. You know, people, I, that's what I think people think that, that, that they'll seem weird, you know, just they start, <laughs> they're, they're, they're talking to the air going, Hey, I could use some help here. Yeah. You don't even have to say it out loud. You can say it in your mind. Right. So, but, but let me just say this, because I think this is something that people don't un seem to recognize. Mm -hmm. Angels are believed in um, across the, across the globe. And over 70% of people believe in angels and over 50% of people have, ha have the belief and the understanding that at some point they have intervened and helped them from being harmed. That's a lot of people. And, and that's the, what, that's what I love. You know, when I go on the air or I teach a class, everybody's got a story. They may not have thought about it, but they have a mm -hmm. story, you know, um, just like you probably hadn't thought about your mom, that the smell, the, the soap smell, when you were out looking at Halloween decorations, and I love Halloween, by the way, it's one of my favorite uh, times of year, but it, 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 you, you just have had those experiences, but you don't really think about it, you know, but right. when you start talking about it, people have had those experiences. Absolutely. Now you said you had a couple of uh, near death experiences. Yeah, I did. I, I did. Um, I, I wouldn't say that I crossed over uh, like some people have, but I almost died a couple times. Um, but I recognize now that I needed to go through those experiences because I needed to learn how to heal myself of what the doctors couldn't heal. At that time, they said hepatitis C is incurable. This was back in 85. Right. And I healed it when they said it wasn't curable. And I healed all the other things as well. But I needed to go through those experiences and I needed to go through the healing process because it put me on this path, a totally different path than I had been on of teaching people how to heal themselves. And then when my husband went into the outback and the Aboriginal people gave their ancient healing secrets to him and asked him to take it out into the world because he was a very respected physicist. Mm -hmm. um, and they said that the world really needed this information. And so they generously gave this healing information to him and asked him to get it out there. And, and I was kind of surprised that, so we did that. Um, I, after he passed in 2007, I just put that information out in a book called Secrets of Aboriginal Healing. And got it out really more in his memory than anything else. And I didn't expect that it would just, you know, oh, aren't you sweet? <laughs> <laughs> Secrets of Aboriginal Healing. Yeah, the one on it. So, but what I didn't expect is that it, they would be all of a sudden now they're in 43 countries. And they've won a number of awards because people recognize the, the truth from what the Aboriginal people have given them. And they see this feels right to them. And so it's, it's done really, really well because it teaches people how to heal. They don't have to go into the outback and be around Aboriginal people. Mm -hmm. And let me ask you this, that, you know, now that we're talking about, you know, about the healing, what kind of techniques do, do they use? That's a great question. Um, they, what they do is they recognize that the body, mind, soul are connected um, and that the emotions affect the body. 
and the they're very entwined the and so a lot of times the western medicine will address the physical symptoms but not address the emotional symptoms which might which was often the the core to this for instance we tend to hold grief in our chest area Mm-hmm. And if you have a lot of grief and you're not releasing it, you can develop potential problems in the chest area. And if you have uh, like a family history of heart disease or breast cancer, you're even more vulnerable to that. So what the Aboriginal people told us is like, you know, unless you get to the emotional core of that, that is releasing the grief and stopping the grief, unless you get to the emotional core of that, it's like picking the top of a dandelion. It's going to keep coming back again. So Mm -hmm. you can go in and have tumors removed from the breast area, uh, but it'll just keep coming. They'll keep coming back unless you get to the core. The emotions, when you're uncomfortable, when you have uncomfortable emotions, it's like uh, the dashboard on a car starting to blink, right? It's a warning sign. And if you keep having those emotions and you're not releasing them, and, and uh, what I mean by that is fear-based emotions. Um, okay. Because the body reacts differently to fear-based emotions versus love-based emotions. And the hardest emotions for the body to deal with on a consistent basis are like shame and guilt. Those are really hard on the body. People think it's anger, but it's anger is is, is released. If you think about it, it's a very quick release. But shame and guilt, and, and even fibromyalgia, which is on the rise, fibromyalgia is often stemmed from fear-wide, uh, a lot of fear throughout the whole system. It's an autoimmune disease. So unless you get rid of that, you stop doing that, and you shift more into love-based emotions, mm-hmm. it's really hard on the body. And, and the best emotions to have, to heal with, are gratitude. That's a, it's a, it's a very different response. Um, It's a different chemical response throughout the body and Mm -hmm. it's a different, it creates a different cell. So, uh, and, and uh, Dr. Rimoto's water experiments showed us that those cells are very different than fear-based cells. Uh, The, the, love-based cells are very beautiful, symmetrical, almost like snowflakes. And so it's a different chemical response. It's like creating this vibrant body with these love-based emotions. Uh, Forgiveness is another good one. Um, Those are really powerful for helping your body to heal. And and whereas fear-based emotions will create problems with the body. So the mind will lie to you, but the body does not lie. And the body mm-hmm. will tell you when it's uncomfortable emotionally, it's affecting the body also physically. And so if you continue to have those, if you marinate in those fear-based emotions or toxic negativity, that blinking dashboard now all of a sudden is lit up and the light stays on all the time and now you have a physical disease. So that's why you want to go back and figure out what kind of emotions have I, not all the time, but quite often. And that's what the Aboriginal people told us is you can't separate the mind and the body. And the other thing is the soul is involved. If your soul intends for you to have these things, um, sometimes it's to help people let go of this life in this mm-hmm. lifetime. Sometimes it's to help their family and friends let go of them. This is why we might have these painful challenges, uh, like cancer or something to help us let go of this life. Um, but if the body, mind, and the soul are all aligned with healing, anything can be healed. It doesn't matter what it is. And then that's the, and so that's why when I was really sick, I had to learn how to align my emotions because I thought I thrived on stress, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and I had to learn that's not healthy. And I had to learn how to be more 
mindful of my emotions and my thoughts. And, and, and also I was really not paying attention to what my body needed. I was so numb to what it needed. Um, and, and, and giving it rest and, you know, feeding, eating. So it's not just about eating healthy food. It's also paying attention to the emotions and thoughts that you're also feeding yourself too. Well, that makes a lot of sense because, you know, if you dwell on something, you know, and there's something that's eating you and you dwell, you, you can feel it in your body. You can feel it. Yeah. You know, in some cases you, you get upset stomach or whatever, you know, from, yeah. from dwelling on stuff. Yeah. It's very specific where those, uh, t- that energy gets stuck or where those emotions lie. I mean, it's, it's very uh, specific for my husband, Gary, he had developed uh, multiple sclerosis. Um, he, it, where he was actually uh, quadriplegic and um, he, what happened was, and this is what the Aboriginals taught him when he was in the outback, is that Gary had had a really tough childhood. He had an alcoholic father who used to beat him. And mm-hmm. so Gary, uh, we talk about that in Secrets of Aboriginal Healing. So Gary learned with his brilliant mind how to numb himself to those emotions to the point where he actually numbed himself physically. And the Aboriginal tribes people, they, the healers there taught him, you've got to learn how to feel those emotions, but then let it go. You don't keep dwelling on it. You forgive your father um, and you let it go. And that's when Gary started feeling his feeling in his body. He hadn't felt uh, anything from the neck down for about seven years. And after being with the Aboriginals for a very short period of time, about two weeks, he was able to start feeling in his body again. And it, it changed him dramatically in a number of ways. But more than anything, it helped him realize the connection between the body and the mind. And he came back, he was already a physicist, but he came back from the outback and he got a couple of degrees. He got his doctorate degree in immunology so that he could practice practice what the Aboriginal people had taught him, which is called psychoneuroimmunology, how the mind affects the body and the immune system. And so that's what he practiced when he came back from the outback and, and wrote this beautiful book about secrets of Aboriginal healing um, <laughs> to help people. Because it got to the point where, Charlotte, we were so inundated with people who wanted help. We we're like, okay, how can we help more people? We can't keep doing one-on-one. It's too much. Right. So we that's why we put the information in Secrets of Aboriginal Healing to help people um, recognize how they could do it. And the five steps that the Aboriginal people suggest, we lay it all out in that book, Secrets of Aboriginal Healing, so that they can see how to do it. And again, I'm incredibly grateful for the Aboriginal tribes people who generously gave to white people uh, their ancient secrets because the Aboriginal people in Australia are the oldest continuous culture on the planet. They've passed this information down uh, word of mouth. And so they gave this information to, um, to us to get it out into the world. And it's nice to see that it's doing very well. But one of the things that I think you would find interesting about the Aboriginal Mm -hmm. people is they have a lot of the abilities that you've already developed, right? They know how to see to the other side of the veil. They can, you might call them ghosts. You might call some of them guides or angels, depending on who you're dealing with. But the Aboriginal people are telepathic to all these things. They've never lost that ability. They'll tell you when we started speaking out loud, that's when we lost our telepathic abilities. And they call, Mm -hmm. they think that speaking out loud is very primitive and chaotic, you know, whereas telepathy, it's, it's so much more effective. Um, Sometimes I'm just download with a lot of information in just a second, right. Mm -hmm. Rather than 
painstakingly one word at a time speaking it out loud. So the Aboriginal people could, they can see into these other dimensions. They can see who the guides that are around you. They can speak to them. They can communicate to animals. Uh, they would communicate to the, uh, the plants to find out what could help heal what. They would communicate mm -hmm. to the water to find out where the water sources was. So they have these amazing, the remote outback Aboriginal people are the ones I'm talking about. They have these amazing abilities because they've just always maintained it. And they're mm -hmm. very isolated on purpose. So this is why they gave us this information because they said, you guys are really missing a huge piece. <laughs> and they're right, we were. So, Well, this is the question I was thinking is that if people use those teachings, you know, like, like from your husband's book and, and your book, now can they incorporate the help of guardian angels with all that? Yes. Yes, absolutely. And they can still use what Western medicine offers or other healing modalities. You know, you can use uh -huh. it all together. It's all complimentary. But absolutely. Um, and that's the beauty. And that's why I wrote, the, you know, the last book about angels and waiting is about telling people how to start using. Oh, you're so sweet, Charlotte. You're so good at that. <laughs> I just uh, like they, pushing buttons. <laughs> Well, it's great because it helps people to you know, recognize what works. So the angels in waiting is the one that I just, that just came out now about how to, it's tell, you know, I've been doing consultations with people and sessions with people for a long, long time. And I could see where the people were getting hung up, whether it was with finances or health or relationships. So I put those case studies, we changed the names and facts so that, you know, you can't identify the people, but we put them in this book Um and, and how to work with the other side with all those things. Vibrant Living is like a 60-day um, guidebook that's more of a condensed version of that. But the Angels in Waiting is, is telling more through these stories and, and situations that how people move through, you know, things like you've got children or um family or relatives or friends that are making choices that you don't agree with. How do you live with that? Right. And not get bogged down into mm -hmm. anxiety or depression. And how do you help uh, maybe an adult child who or an adult's um, son or daughter who maybe is into addiction or having having problems? How do you do that? How do you get help for that? And so it's we the angels in waiting talks talks you through that, how to bring in angelic assistance, how to recognize how they're sending you messages. Uh, it's just like when you become pregnant, you start recognizing all the pregnant people around, or you get a different car, you see all those cars all over the place. It's right. the same thing here. They're constantly sending you messages. It's just that we don't, we don't usually pick up on it. So we talk about how to communicate best, how to develop a relationship, how to recognize their signs, how they communicate on a daily basis, and how, how to tell when they're helping, how to tell whether it's them versus your mind. Mm -hmm. uh, all of those things are in there so that anybody, again, it's like, I can't keep doing one-on-ones with everybody. Sure. It's about, it's about how can we take this so that anybody can do it, right? right Just right. take you right through. Whether you, this is new to you or you're already a seasoned practitioner where you're already working with them, how to take it even further. Could you um, give me an, uh, an example of one, one of the stories in there? Sure. Um, oh my gosh, I can give you so many stories of my own life. <laughs> Go for it. 
Okay. Um, well, just a couple of examples of my own life. I can tell you that, again, this is where people probably don't recognize this is help from the, the, your guardian angels. But I remember mm -hmm. this was before even Charlotte, before I even knew about angels. Um, I didn't even recognize that they were in my life. But I remember when I came home from the hospital with my newborn son, I went to go get the mail, which was across the street. And I almost walked into a car that was coming that would have hit us and killed us both instantly. I have no doubt about that. And something physically pulled me back. And I thought, wow, that was weird. I didn't know what it was, but it's like something physically pulled me back. And there was another instance, probably about a couple of years later, where I was at the top of the stairs to my, of my home and my high heel, I was going off to work. My high heel got caught in the carpet at the top of the stairs and I started to fall down the steps and something physically pulled me back. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know what it was, but that was just, that's just two examples right there. There was another time. Now this time I knew it was them. Um, I was going to my son's house and my beautiful daughter-in-law and I was getting on the highway and all of a sudden I had this brain fog. I couldn't remember what exit I was supposed to take. Now I had done gone to their house 30 times, right? That mm -hmm. was, I, I knew how to do it. But in that particular moment, I honestly could not remember what exit to take. And it really surprised me. I didn't know what was going on. And I missed the exit. So I had to take the back route to their house. And I got there and found out that a tree had, so I was about 10, 15 minutes later than I would normally have been. And when I got there, I found out that a tree had fallen right at the entrance to their, where their home was. And it, it had ha happened 10 minutes, that right at the time I would have gotten there if I hadn't had that brain fart or whatever you want to call it. So that's mm -hmm. how I recognize, okay, they were helping. It may not seem like they're helping, but they were helping me mm -hmm. so that I missed that falling tree because it would have smashed the car. It was, I mean, I live near Seattle and we have these gigantic evergreen trees right. and it would have just, there's no surviving that. Yeah. Well, that's interesting because, um, just in July, my sister told me a similar story to your story on the stairs. And I think she was walking in her garage and she, she tripped backwards. And That's so, interesting. And, and someone caught her. Yeah. But there was nobody physically there that she could see. There was no one there, no. Yeah. That's the guardian angel. Yeah. Yeah. So stuff like that happens. It's just that we don't, I think it happens a lot more than we think it does. And in cars, you know. Were you uh, some? I I know there was one time I was driving in Seattle. I was coming back from the airport. And I had my husband and my son in the car with me, and um, it was late at night because we were coming in from the airport. It was probably at midnight, and it was dark out, and it looked like somebody had fallen out of like a person going down I five. It looked mm -hmm. like somebody was on the highway rolling on the highway, um, and all of a sudden cars are just swerving because you're going how fast on the highway. Right. Right. And, and so all of a sudden you're trying to avoid what you think is a body. It wasn't, I was the one driving, but something pulled that car out of my car out of the way. Uh, and, and it, I knew it wasn't me. There was no way I could have reacted that quickly or right. had the strength to pull it like that. So that again was the guardian angels. Um, it wasn't a body, thank God. It was a blanket or a sleeping bag or something that was elongated and it was rolling and it looked exactly like a body, but cars were just swerving everywhere. Nobody hit anybody. It was just such an interesting situation. Again, I at that point I knew, okay? So yeah, I'm sure you've had moments too. 
I have to. Uh, yeah, I, I, I had a lot of those moments. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, th- there is stuff that happens that, that that you can't explain. You know, yeah, and and yeah. it's nice to think and and uh, you know to to look at the way you're thinking of it being as being guardian angels. It makes it more pleasant. Yeah, and it and and so people will say, well, where were my guardian angels on that one, right? Um, right. Because something happened. It's again, it's it's according to they are they have permission to step in and intervene if it's not something that your soul wants you to go through or if you're not supposed to be harmed or killed in that particular way in that particular moment they have permission to step in that's why they're called guardians it's why they're constantly by your side some people have more than one um it's it, it just that they're they're there to assist and if you need to go and sometimes i've been blindsided right i've gone through things it's like whoa that was um it, it, it's because it's it's needed we need to go through that experience. I can tell you, Charlotte, I've gone to a couple of conferences on angels. And the second time I went to an angel conference and I got a speeding ticket, it's like, okay, now whenever I go to an angel conference, I know to just really behave in the car. Do not be speeding because I tended to drive too fast. But it's like, okay, I get it. I get it, right? By the second time, you really should be paying attention. That's funny. Yeah. I love these stories. These are great stories. Yeah, I think it's just, you know, I, I've, uh, having been around my husband who could communicate to them all the time, mm-hmm. I started recognizing more how they are helping us and assisting us and creating these synchronicities, you know. Here's a story that I think you'll like. Now, we talk about, I talk about this story in the Aboriginal Secrets of Awakening. This is like my story about what happened to me and what happened when my husband passed over. My husband, when he was, um, he died in 2007. Mm-hmm. And um, when in the, we had him at home to pass and we had hospice coming in to help him. We knew he was going to pass. And the last couple days, he was not able to join my sister. My sister came to live with us for a while to help care for him. And because there was so much work with the business and we needed assistance and he was in the stages of passing. And the last couple days, he wasn't able to join us at the table and eat with us. And he was, it, it was kind of like, okay, these are the last few days. He can't get out of bed anymore. And my sister and I noticed that when we were sitting there at the table eating, uh, we had, there was a deck there and it was all windows where we were eating. And there was a little hummingbird sitting there watching us eat. Okay. And that started happening where the hummingbird was starting to watch us eat when Gary was starting to pass and no longer able to join us. So we noticed that whenever we were eating, that hummingbird was there watching us. And when Gary passed, um, the hummingbird passed at the same time. And we found that hummingbird on the deck. And it wasn't that Gary was the hummingbird, but there was a connection, okay? Mm -hmm. And so the hummingbird became this symbol for him. We recognized that that was one of his ways of communicating to us, just like your mother will have that scent when she's coming through. Gary would use the hummingbird. So when my sister left to move into her own place a year later, and we went to this place, this beautiful little home, and she's like, I don't know if this is the 
you know, I don't, I, I don't like to just sleep on, I want to sleep on it. I don't want to make this decision. Right. And I knew there is no way this place is going to be available tomorrow. Uh, it's, it's just going to go like, like hotcakes because it's just too cute. And so she's sitting there trying to decide whether she wanted to make a deposit or whatever. And all of a sudden, and this is the time of year where we don't see hummingbirds typically in the Seattle area. All of a sudden, a hummingbird comes right up to her face and just flies in her face hmm. and then just takes off. But it was inches from her face. And we're like, if that's not a sign from Gary, this is your place. You're supposed to take it and sign up. Even though there's other people ahead of you, do it. Well, we both recognize that because usually there's a feeling that comes with these events. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so that happened. She put her lit name on the list, not expecting to get it because there were people ahead of her she ended up getting it. They all fell through. Wow. So it's just one of those where you start paying attention and noticing things. Some people will notice flowers. Some people will notice butterflies, uh, feathers. It, it's different ways of them communicating to you. And for us, for my sister and I, it's the hummingbird. That's wonderful. Yeah. That's a totally wonderful story. Yeah. So yeah. the last home, the last home she moved into, again, she wasn't sure. Yeah. Uh, this happened about a year ago, winter time, right? All of a sudden a hummingbird. Okay. This is even better. <laughs> <laughs> so she's there looking at the house and they're outside. And uh, all of a sudden a woodpecker shows up in this neighborhood uh, in the middle of the city and starts, you know, chipping away at this tree in their front yard, which is really mm -hmm. unusual because usually they're in the forest. And so they start looking at this tree because the hum this, this woodpecker is there pecking on the tree. All of a sudden, the hummingbird comes and sits on the branch in the tree. So the hummingbird, they needed to have the woodpecker get their attention to then look over and see the hummingbird. But And again, Lori's like, okay, I guess I'm supposed to be moving here. And so she did, and she loves it. <laughs> That's what, that, that is really cool. Yeah. That's definitely, definitely cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, I think people see seeing your signs every day, like like you say, and they don't realize it. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure you've got those stories too, where you know, with what you do, you see automatically, you pick up on those signs right away, whereas other people wouldn't recognize that's what that is, you know. Well, that's the thing is, you know, I always tell the story about my mother going in because she had well dementia, of course, but when the doctors would sit there and look at me and go, well, does she hallucinate? And I thought, well, to me, she doesn't hallucinate. And then I would tell them what I do. And I'm like, you know, I know for, you know, I've seen it over and over with old people, you know, as they get closer, they see their, their, their deceased relatives and stuff. So I don't know what you want to term as hallucinate with her. Exactly. They start seeing more from the other side and yeah. they start seeing people gather in their room. You yeah. know, that have passed over. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So it was, it was kind of, it was, it was really awkward with the doctors. <laughs> they don't understand. And that's okay. That's just where they are. That they don't understand. And you know, it was kind of like that when I healed myself of all these things, I had the, right. um, I had the uh, researchers following me because they didn't understand how I did this. Now mm -hmm. I knew how I did it, but I knew there's no way they're going to understand this. It doesn't make mm -hmm. sense with their scientific mind. And so that was really the biggest thing that happened to Gary when it went into the outback is as this award-winning physicist, very scientific minded to come back and realize, whoa, there's a lot out there that's gray that still exists, even if I can't prove it, you know, right. that was to him probably one of the biggest uh, 
I mean, even though things really changed for him in a lot of ways, that was one of the biggest revelations that he took from being in the outback. Now, that's one of the thoughts I had was when he came back from the outback and being a scientist, what did you think when, when he started talking about this stuff? Well, I didn't know him then. That was in 94. Okay, I okay. didn't meet him till th- okay. 2001. So um, it, it dramatically changed him. Uh, mm-hmm. um, it, it, and so when I met him in 2001, he was already operating as a, a, a doctor of immunology practicing psychoneuroimmunology and practicing what the Aboriginal teacher had taught him, people had taught him how to heal. And Gary had developed these abilities to be telepathic. Um, and he, he developed what the Aboriginal people had shown him that he could do in the outback. And it was really interesting, Charlotte, I thought it was interesting that, so he would communicate on a deep subconscious level with most people and through telepathy. Most people weren't really aware of that, but the autistic people always weren't aware that he was communicating to them. They didn't have the filters that we do. And so they could always communicate to him. And we had uh, friends that um, they had an autistic son and he would just be laughing. And they're like, what are you laughing at? And he's like, oh, that Gary is so funny. I mean, he didn't, they, we didn't, they didn't have to be in the same location. And that was the other thing. When we came back, when, when Gary came back from the outback, when he was there, he experienced seeing Aboriginal healers who had passed over, seeing mm-hmm. apparitions. That was such a bizarre thing for him. Um, and whenever we were going through something really challenging, a, an Aboriginal uh, tribesman would show up. Gary could see him. And he was always this comedic uh, relief because he would always show up when things were really uh, stressful and yeah. he would always have this attitude of, you know, d- don't take it too seriously. Right. Just, and he'd just be doing these antics, dancing around this Aboriginal person uh, to get us to realize, ah, eh, you know, it's all good. It's fine. So whenever we got, th- things got a little bit uh, nerve wracking this Aboriginal healer would just show up and Gary just start laughing, you know, because he'd always had a way of doing that for him. Well, it's kind of like the philosophy of, you know, the the sun will rise tomorrow, no matter what. So no matter what happens today, the sun's going to rise tomorrow. Everything's going to be washed fresh. Boom, boom, boom. Off you go. Yeah. Keep your sense of humor. That's what we were getting out of that. Yeah. 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 The other thing I was thinking too, for people that think that Aboriginal healing and stuff is hokey, Look how old the Aborigines grow to be. <laughs> you know, there's a reason yeah. why they age as well as they do, and then they get as old as they do. Yeah, and I'm talking about the remote ones here. They are right. the oldest continuous culture on the planet. We know they're at least sixty thousand years old, right. which is so old. It's so ancient. Exactly, uh, uh, sixty thousand years old. So this is information that's just been passed on from generation to generation, and. You know, this is why they said, you know, Western, you guys may be a quote unquote civilized culture, but you really don't understand, especially how healing works. And that's why they wanted to give us this information. That's fantastic. Yeah, it was very kind of them. I got to read those books because I'm really into that stuff. And <laughs> seriously, you know, um, yeah. I, I know I don't meditate as much as I used to, but I used to meditate every evening for 30, for 30 minutes without fail. That's great. It's and it, it was great. It was calming. It was great. You know, it's like the whole you get that whole come see come saw thing. But what people don't realize with meditation is it's not just sitting there calling in your guardian angels either. It's, it, you can do healing meditations. You can do money meditations. You can do all kinds of meditations. You know, whatever you need to do to 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 manifest what you know 
what you want in your life. And, and when you do that, when you meditate, you're also building, you may not feel like you're getting anywhere, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people think, oh, that was useless. My mind just took off. Well, every mind takes off, right? It, it doesn't matter how seasoned you are. Um, the mind, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of how soon that mind's going to go off on its right. own. Um, but it's, but every time you do that and, you know, you're, what you're doing is you're strengthening that connection, mm -hmm. that pipeline to the other side so that you can feel that guidance more clearly and that it's more obvious because it's like this muscle that gets kind of rusty and that intuition is how we are guided. And so every time you get quiet and meditate, it strengthens that. So, you know, I tell people it's better. And we talk about that in Angels in Waiting, how to develop a meditation practice that's you can fit into any life. It's better to do 10 minutes a day than mm -hmm. 60 minutes on the weekend. Mm -hmm. Just that constantly building up, even if it's just 10 minutes it, or a couple minutes, we can, if you can't find a minute to quiet that mind throughout the day, my friend used to say, then you need to go sit for an hour and think about that, you know? Right, <laughs> so right. you, you really need to learn how to just quiet that mind a little bit. Because otherwise what happens is the mind starts taking control of you and it just goes crazy. And so we have to learn to just calm back down. And when you do that, you can feel that inner peace, that default of just that quiet inner peace um, rather than the mind kind of having its way with you. Mm -hmm. And that's what the Aborigines, and we, I think we talk about that also in uh, Secrets of Aboriginal Healing is how the Aboriginal people will tell us that. So here's what Gary observed when he was in the outback. He said that he would see little kids, um, everybody just sitting there. He thought that they were, um, and he talks about this in the book, he thought that they were I don't want to say stupid, but he thought, what is wrong with these people? Because they spend more than half of their time in dream time. He didn't know that's what they were doing, where they're connecting to these other dimensions, right? And they start, and they, so more than half of their time is spent in dream time. He thought they were just kind of like glazed over. He didn't realize what was mm -hmm. going on. And they start as early as three or four years old, where they start learning how to connect to the other side, where they... Um, they can really communicate and actually go to these other dimensions, hmm. um, become uh, one with the the guana or whatever, or the tree where they actually, they'll tell you that that is more real than what we think is reality. Yeah. So, it, you know, that's something else that he learned how to do was he started coming back and really communicating on a regular basis to the other side and developing that quieter mind so that he could feel their guidance more easily. And, you know, as a person for years who couldn't quiet my thoughts down when I went to bed at night, I found meditation to be absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Once I got into it and once I was able to quiet myself down, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. Yeah. Because the, really the last thing you want is your mind with a microphone at night in bed. It's just <laughs> asking for trouble, right? Because we're really vulnerable to it, especially when we're tired. Yeah. So that's when it's, we're just the most vulnerable is when we're tired at night. So I've learned how to just not go there uh, like you, just shut it down and focus on my breath you know, focus on something, but not letting that mind have its way and taking me down dark alleys of the past or the future and just being beaten up like a rag doll with it, you know?
Oh, we're so used know. to it. We don't well, think yeah. anything of it. Yeah. No, we don't. It's just the way we are. Yeah. You know, you guys, I mean, I have relaxation stuff, you know, where the, it's the ocean, it's, it's, it's whatever, you know, whatever noise I put on there to calm me down. Even yeah. as a kid, I had trouble. I was, as a kid, I could only sleep when the furnace was on. I had to have a hum. Yeah. Yeah. I, get, I, I, my, I have a family member that's the same way. Yeah. That white noise. And isn't yeah. it interesting? There's all these apps now you can get on your phone yeah. for yeah. white noise. Yeah. Yeah, so I, you know, I, at night I have the ocean, or I have a brook with with, with a fire going, or like you know, crackling or whatever to yeah. to help me relax and sleep at night. Meditation yeah. that's something else altogether. I mean, I I design my backyard every year into a tiki paradise, as they say. I, I, I well, that sounds like I, fun. I was in the islands and loved it, so that's what I do every year. You know, so yeah. I go back there and meditate. I mean, it's a great yeah. meditation area. Yeah, and um. So that, and then I've got a fountain, a three-tiered fountain back there where I can hear the water, you know, and, and just sit back there and meditate. Yeah. And there's a lot to be said, and I, and I know people will just go, ugh, they keep pushing meditation. But there's a lot to be said for meditation. Yeah, you know, and that's one of the things I used to teach meditations. I used to teach uh, uh, to people, and I would ask how many, uh, and actually at most of the classes, whether it was a healing class or it was mm -hmm. about angels, I would ask how many people meditate, and a lot of people would raise their hands, actually usually more than half the room, and I would say, okay, of you people who meditate, how many can tell the days you don't meditate? They oh, yeah. all raise their hand because that's when you can tell that the mind has just been, it just, you're just become a prisoner to it more easily. And by learning how to just shut it off for a while, even if it's just for a, a minute or a half a minute, it does make a difference. That's how you learn how to control it rather than it controlling you. Oh yeah. yeah. And I can feel it. Like I, I, I've taken muscle relaxants because of my back problems. But with meditation, I can feel the same um, sensation mm -hmm. as, it, as my body, you know, starting at my feet as my, as my body yeah. goes into that relaxed mode. Yeah. And that's what the Aborigines have been teaching us is that the mind is really, really powerful. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's going to affect your body. It's going to affect your health. And if you don't pay attention, it, you will, it can lead to disease. And so this is about learning how to use it as a powerful tool but not be sabotaged by it. You know, that's, we go into that a lot in the angels in waiting is how to learn how to use that mind as a powerful tool, but use it in a way that supports you, not mm -hmm. creating what you don't want. Because a lot of people tend to obsess about what they don't want. Right. You know, and then they end up creating that. And it's just being more mindful and more conscious about, is this toxic and negative and judgmental? Because that's not going to help. And eventually right. over time, it's going to create problems and how to start feeling more gratitude. Gratitude is huge. Um, and I want to, I don't want to sound new agey or hokey, but gratitude can change you very quickly, you know, because right. you can be really annoyed about something. And then you start thinking about, okay, um, what am I grateful for, even about this situation? And right. that just changes, not just the mindset, but you can just feel the physical response instantly. Um, can your guardian angels help you with, with your health issues? You they can. Them? Yeah, they can. And again, now here's the, here's something to keep in mind. They are governed by certain laws. Uh, mm -hmm. And so they are limited on what they can do, but they will respond every time, but they're going to do so according to um, what your soul intends. So if something is there in your life for a reason, they are, they are not, and the soul does not intend for that to be healed yet 
or mm -hmm. for whatever reason, they're not allowed to heal it, but they can help you in other ways. They okay. can maybe help you understand how you might have been creating this problem, how to change it. And then they might help you recognize that so that then they can help you heal. But they will always operate according to the soul's intentions. So you can say, for instance, um, thank you for helping me win the lottery. But they won't do that if it's not your soul's intention, which it likely right. isn't. But but they can still help you with money in other ways. It just may okay. not be the way you expect. So when you ha ask them for help, you have to let go of how are they going to help me and when are they going to help me? Because they are governed by how what the soul intends for you. Um, and, but, but they can still help in many, many ways. So they can still help you find happiness, peace. Maybe they can help you heal a little bit, depending on what it is. Sometimes they can help you a lot and he'll help you heal a hundred percent. Just depends on what the purpose is behind that, you know, what the reasoning is behind it. So if I'm challenged by something, if I get triggered by something and it creates a real negative response in me, I can ask them, Hey, thank you for helping me no longer need this in my life. Okay, so that I don't um, that I don't have that kind of reaction that's not healthy and I don't need it to teach me. I get it. Mm -hmm. I move beyond that. Okay, if you kind of look at it as this is a school, they can help you tutor you in class, so to speak, and help you move on so that you're not in that class anymore. Okay, that's one that, way yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, absolutely perfect sense. Wow, this hour is going by and I'm not done yet. <laughs> <laughs> Couple more minutes with you, because I, I know. Well, you're on the same time sometimes when I'm on, so that's cool. yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It, it did go by pretty fast. It did go by fast yeah. talking about this stuff. I, um, and I love your stories. I love your stories. Those thank you. I, lo I love yours too. Yeah. And uh, get back to uh, the Aborigines now. Um, when he was there, I mean, being a scientist and all. I mean, he must have. He, like you say, at first he thought it was, it, 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 you know, things were wrong with them, obviously, because the way that they were living their life. But I mean, it must have taken a lot for, for him to learn, to, to begin to learn what they were doing. Well, I, you know, I tell you, Gary went to the outback as a desperate man. He had okay. multiple sclerosis. He was in a wheelchair. He, and, um, the doctors, he really kind of told him that he had about six months left to live. Um, and this was in 94. And so he had two children that he wanted to live for. And so he went because he had he had read or understood or somehow learned mm -hmm. that the Aboriginal remote Aboriginal healers had remarkable abilities to heal. So he went into the outback. Uh, in his wheelchair, unloaded, kind of like cargo from the plane. Mm -hmm. um, and that's an interesting story, how he managed to get a hold of this remote tribe. And that's in the Secrets of Aboriginal Healing book. But he went in as a desperate man to find ways to survive. And so spending that time with them was a desperate act. And he actually lived... Uh, well, he that he went into the outback in '94. He mm -hmm. he passed in 2007, so he lived much longer than anyone ever suspected. And he came mm -hmm. back with feeling, regained feeling in his body, and went on a whole different, um, whole different life path than he had before. So it was, I, I think you know when you go into the outback, because I did go into the outback. I talk about that in the Aboriginal Secrets of Awakening. It's a honestly, Charlotte, it felt like you were in Mars because the the dirt is red. Uh, it's a 
totally different environment. It's kind mm -hmm. of a shock to the system. And so I think he probably needed that um, to get him to shift out of some of these mindsets that he had as a scientist, you know, that this is not life as you know it. And to be around these people that had amazing abilities and that could tell him things that there's no way they would have known that unless they were tapping into some kind of a, uh, an inner knowledge or this something that he didn't have access to that he didn't know. Mm -hmm. So that's, was fascinating to him. It, it dramatically changed him in many ways. And he would tell you that the most, the, the thing that changed her dramatically was his uh, understanding of life after that. Okay. Uh, that's great. Um, this is something like, like as a writer, I always ask uh, businesses when I'm interviewing them, you're standing on a corner, you're on a corner in Las Vegas you got all these other people that do similar work that you do. How do you get people to come into your place to talk with you? Well, this is where I ask the angels to help. You know, <laughs> what am I supposed to be doing and to help me? Because when, when the, I knew that they wanted this information out about this book, right? I don't mm -hmm. like to write. I hate writing. I, I you love it. I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I do not. I don't know how to write. But yet I've just finished my fourth book. And the first couple of have won awards and they're in 43 countries, like I mentioned earlier. It's because I allow their help. Um, I could not have done that on my own. There's no way I could have done that on my own. So by allowing them to help me, they've got helped me get this information out and to get this, the, the, because it really is about, that's my passion is helping other people, whether it's helping mm -hmm. them recognize there's a lot of help available to you, but you've got to ask yeah, or, or how to heal um, or recognize why this is in your life. So that's, but, but it was something that, again, it was my soul intended these things to happen. So they had permission to assist me with this. Um, and so when you go where your soul wants to go, you're going to love where it takes you and they mm -hmm. can help you get there easier. They know how to, they don't have the limitations we do and they see the bigger picture. We're creating a lot more pain and struggle than we need to. So they're here to help you with that if you allow it. And, you know, that means following that intuition, that gut instinct, you know, that's that sixth sense. That's how they guide you. But you'll also see other things like my, like my sister seeing the hummingbird all the time, whenever she's supposed to move. I don't know that she'll move now without seeing hummingbird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's just, there's different ways that people are helped. And so right. you start recognizing that and start working with them. It's, it'll, ch it's a trans, it's just will change change your life dramatically. That's what I've discovered. And that's another reason I wanted to get this out there. It's changed my life. Sure. It's helped many people that I've helped. It's changed their lives. And it's like, okay, we've got to get this information out to help people because it does make a big difference. Absolutely. I want to thank you for coming on. This was fantastic. Thank you, Charlotte. It's really a pleasure meeting you. Uh, <laughs> I've really enjoyed it. I had a blast as well. How can people get a hold of you? They can go to holeswellness.com, H-O-L-Z-W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S, holeswellness.com. There's a lot of information up there that's free mm -hmm. uh, about whether it's angels or healing or whatever. There's a lot of information. The books are up there as well. Um, my books, you can find them anywhere. I mean, I like to support the little mom and pop local sure. bookstores, but it's also at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Robbie Holes, H-O-L-Z. So, yeah. Fair enough. Well, I want to thank you again for coming on, and I'd love to thank have you. you on again to talk with you because, boy, this was fun. This, this yeah, was great. it was fast. It was, it was very fast, Charlotte. Very yeah. fast. A good experience. <laughs>
but again, thank you. See, I got to adjust myself. Uh, <laughs> but uh, again, thank you very much. And I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. You have a good evening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, guys, that was really cool. We learned a lot about guardian angels and Aboriginal healing. I learned stuff I didn't know, you know. Um, tomorrow night, we're shifting gears again. We're going back into UFO, um, UAPs, and we're going into ghosts and all that good stuff uh, with Sandy Nichols, who has been an abductee since he was five years old. He's going to be talking to us. He started an organization that looks into uh you, that looks into UFO abductions. He also has had DNA tests done on himself to see whether or not he, you know, has has weird, you know, weird DNA within him. And he also, if I remember the story correctly, he also bought a haunted ranch. Uh, and uh, he's got a story to tell about that. He and his wife. Anyway, if you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with five people too. We're equal opportunity. And again, we want to get subscribers you know the more subscribers the merrier for us and i apologize i'm a little tired today i had a crazy day it was just it was just a crazy 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 day um i didn't expect to have a day like i did it's one of those things it's, it's one of those days where you you kind of you know where the movie stars look at the camera and say this day who was it the indiana jones right you know this this day was not supposed to be be like this and that's 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 how the day was anyway um california haunts paranormal investigation team is a nonprofit organization so everything that goes into the team and into the show comes out of my pocket because I'm, 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 I'm the owner operator and uh, yeah, you know, I've got bills to pay just like everybody else. And if you guys would help me out a little bit so that I can pay my monthly bills, that would be great to keep the show on the air because I want to keep these guests coming. We're going to keep them coming, you know, so that you could do that at paypal.me at California haunts. Or if you have a Venmo, it's a lot easier at Venmo, Venmo type in California haunts and you can do it that way. Just boom that quick. Um, also, my website at www.CaliforniaHauntsRadio.com, I'm going to begin putting the blog talk shows, which are podcasts, on that site starting tonight. And so in a couple of days, if you guys go on there, you'll be able to go all the way back to 2007 when I started doing doing these shows. Uh, via, I hate when I do that. Via blog talk. So you'll, you'll be able to see or hear those archives as well. But I want to thank you guys for coming tonight. And do come in tomorrow because, like I said, Sandy Nichols is going to be with us. And, again, to remind you, I'm going to be put, putting out a notice about psychic development classes that I, I'm going to be teaching, as well as another seance that I'll, I'll be doing with um, me. With, 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 oh, gosh, see, I am tired. With one of those mediums on our team. So uh, there's going to be info about that coming out. Plus some classes if you guys are interested in ghost hunting classes and stuff like that. I'm going to teach. I'm going to teach. So anyway, thank you very much for coming, and I hope to see you guys tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. for Sandy Nichols because that's that's going to be a really cool show because he's going to talk about you know be, being abducted and, and some of the other stuff that he does. All right. Thank you very much. Have a good one. Let me go ahead and run her information for you guys so you can see her website and where to get her books. So the website is holes, H-O-L-Z, wellness.com. And the books, Angels in Waiting and Vibrant Living. And Aboriginal Secrets of Awakening and Secrets of Aboriginal Using. And as she said, those can be got, purchased at local booksellers as well as Amazon.
again, I want to thank you guys and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. You know, if you like what you see, tons of videos to see is going to, and you're going to hear tons of podcasts as well on that website. Once I get the um, blog talk radio stuff up there. So there's all kinds of stuff. So uh, thank you very much. And I'll see you tomorrow.